It's time for Aki's A-List. From the mind of the man who understands the four P's of Waddle's world. Aki's A-List. The top questions and topics floating around in Tyler Aki's mind. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Aki's A-List on ESPN Chicago. Do you have a sponsor yet for Aki's A-List? Not yet, no. Well, can you work on that? Like, it's worthy of a sponsorship. Is that maybe my not job? you. I okay. mean, maybe talk to somebody else. First of all, before we get to Aki's A-List, mm-hmm. what are the odds, Tyler, that Connor knows the four P's of Waddle's world? Mm. I'm going to say... How about a quiz? I'm gonna, I, we are going to quiz Let's open this up. My guess yeah. okay. is there's, there's not a 5% chance he knows all of them. Maybe a Mensa member, but he does not know... Mm. Our chicanery you, that takes place on this show. Oh, and you're gonna you're gonna grill me for Mensa and then drop chicanery in the same sentence? Uh, yeah, my I. You know what? I I think I, I blacked out there for a second. My eyes rolled in the back of my head. He thinks the lady doth protest too, too much. much. I do think chicanery. And you got Shakespeare, so there you yeah, go. Yeah. Chicanery is the dumb people's yeah. big word. Billy, Billy Shakespeare, <laughs> of course Billy, I know. Billy Shakes, yeah. Middleton guy, yeah, nice fellas, right? Billy's family. Uh, no, the four P's. You don't know Waddles this, world. right? So this will be a true no guess. Way, is this an I, honest I, I guess? I do not know this. I do not okay. know this. Four P's of Waddles World. Uh, perniciousness. Okay. Perfidy. Seriously. Seriously. Puritanism. No. And palatability. No. Okay, none of them? Uh, Try again. P- uh, say the word. Inside the say mind it. of Pizza? Tom Waddle. No. Pizza. Come on, pizza. But, so you're, you're trending in a better you direction. Why, why did you Why did you stutter? Uh, I thought you were going to say penis. <laughs> and I was just like, just say it. You can say it. No. It's a medical term. Of course, it's a, med- of course it's a medical term. It's a biology term. Um, pam, 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 penis pam, is one of them. Pam, is it really? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good Waddle's that's... World stories are filled with a lot of references yes, to these there's things. A, there's four. Four P's yeah, to of the penile, world. of course, but I, I thought there was an underlying, you know, like a rooted sort of thing that, that drove Waddle's world. There is. <laughs> Penis stories are one of them. You're welcome. You have another one. Um, okay. Another uh, P in Waddle. If there's four P's. Paul Malls. You mean cigarettes? I, I do. Yeah, okay, no. Well, I mean, Paul yeah, Malls are so... I thought yes, Waddle's so World's been around yeah, for a long be, time. It would be, it would be Marlboro's, I'm not but not digs, Paul Mall. Boy, that's not a P word, Marlboro's. Also, it's not a word I can say. I can't say Marlboro. I can't say Marlboro. I could never be Marlboro. a... a no, okay. Um, pam, popcorn. Tyler, tell, telling the four P's of Waddle's World. The four P's are penis, poop, prison... And planets. That makes a lot more sense. Okay, Wait, those planets? are four. Yes. He loves oh, space. Yeah, no, that's right. He loves space. space. I, love space. That's right. I, I am scared of space, that's, but I love stories. Who if you hand me a sheet of paper yeah. that discusses all of the gases and all of the the context around Uranus, I'm oh, in. Man, so in. I'm in. So in. I'm so going to, to read that, that story. story. about Whatever it is. Uh, you've been up in the James Webb stuff? James Webb Telescope, yeah. big one. That's man. Yeah. That's some good stuff. Yeah, it scares some, that hell out of me. Of course it does. You believe in aliens? It's not a question. Did we just become best it's friends? It's not a question of if I believe in aliens. What do you believe do you, about aliens? There are more stars in the sky than grains of sand on the planet. And you're going to tell me absolutely. Is that true? Did you make Carl, that up? Nope. That's a Carl Sagan. And if you're going to tell me, local guy, right? That Carl Sagan. Yeah, nice no, no, that's Carl Sandberg. Carl Sandburg was yeah. The, yeah, the poet. Carl Sagan 
Not so much like no. California. I think, I think so. Or maybe Jersey. I don't know. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Anyway, if you're going to tell me that there are that many stars yes. in the universe, yes. and probably more, and that the universe is ever expanding, yes. and also there has to be, we would be arrogant to think that there wouldn't so be other arrogant. beings. In fact, I think you could argue the most human thing is to say that we are alone because we are, if nothing, yeah. arrogant about our own exceptionalism you know, as a species. You know who thinks that way? Everybody on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Did I just bring it full circle? Did I just bring Square it in a circle. Did I just bring model for you? You've landed the rover is what you've yeah, done. Yeah, I did. You've hit the return journey. Yes, I did. You blew the hatch in time. That Gemini is not going to sink to the bottom of That's this. Right. Yeah, you're going to be absolutely fine. Yeah. You seen the I right am. stuff? You watch the right stuff? The old one from the eighties. You know the, the one, one with Tom got, Cruise? No, not the one with Tom Cruise. That's it's the got, right it's stuff. Got Quaid. No, it's got Quaid. Dennis no, Quaid's in it. Oh my god, you got to watch the right stuff. It's so good. It's probably the best space movie. And I have not yet done it on McKnight at the Have you seen um, Interstellar? Watched it two days ago. Freaky, isn't I it? Did it for, I did it for McKnight at the movies. That was yesterday. Yeah. And then I rewatched it, you know, to get up oh, to the Oh, did you thing. do it for... I did. I, I wasn't did listening. Mc, uh, don't worry no, about My it. bad. I, but I, I've been separated myself from the radio station for the last several days just because I was on vacation. Well, you need to do that. You're on vacation. Yeah. So you yeah. need some time apart is yeah. what you need. The, the movie itself is... is Cool in that it's grounded. Is that a Christopher Nolan movie as oh, well? It's a yeah. Nolan. Yeah, and it goes on about 25, 30 minutes longer yeah, than it needs right. to because that's what a Nolan movie does if it's not a Batman. And then it, the, the ending of it is so wild. Yeah. Like it's just such a weird way to wrap the whole thing up. But McConaughey, McConaughey's got this line because it's his daughter at the end of the film, right? right? And he says, You know, how did you know I was going to come back to you? And then she's an old lady at right. this point, but then she says, Because my dad made me a promise. And then McConaughey's like, of course I came back. And that, I... Yeah, it's great. Oh, it got me. Because yes. now I'm the father of a young daughter, yes. and I'm thinking yeah. I'm doing this whole thing. So here I, I am. I think you're getting teary-eyed right now I thinking was, about I got it. A little yeah. misty. Yeah. I got a little misty at the end of Interstellar I the other night. I did. It was, it That's was weird. That's when you know, you, I like, know. if you're getting misty at Interstellar. I know. But I get it. I, I get it. I didn't think... Honest to God, man, I didn't think that stuff would get like. Oh yeah, I, everything will get you. I cry everything will get Rudy, you. right? You know, and when Favreau's like, "Who's the wild man now?" That gets me, right? Yeah. Like that whole like I've I've got moments in movies that get me emotionally. Do you know which one gets me? When Gene Hackman tells his team, "I love you guys," before they go out to play in Hoosiers, Hoosiers. yeah, I cry like a baby I, when I he, when I see that. We've scene. had this discussion, so we don't have to go back. I don't like Hoosiers. I know you're a turd. That moment gets me. Like yeah. that's how good that is. You yeah. don't understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, it's not a move I yeah. enjoy. I love you guys because you didn't think you didn't up. expect it no. coming from him. How would that guy turn this way? And yeah, then he does. And you're like, it's oh, awesome. God, it's awesome. Right there, it's a great movie. Yeah. Speaking right, of wait, speaking of movies, I feel like this is the greatest. Connor intersection. It's a big uh, trend that's going on Twitter right now. Have you seen these Lord of the Rings and Moneyball? Oh, time out. Real quick, real quick, before you get to that, did you know that Trevor Lawrence has been ruled out Ooh. for Sunday's game with the shoulder injury? Well, that's important. The only reason I interrupt you for that is because they are playing Carolina. That's yes. right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And with the Jaguars win, the Bears secure the number one pick via Carolina. Correct. That's correct. <laughs> Who is the... Blaine Gabbert? Oh, it's C.J. Beathard. C.J. Beathard, my bad. Even worse, Iowa's finest. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's Uh, an oxymoron. An Iowan. Why is it? Why is it that so many average-ass Iowa quarterbacks end up as lifelong backups in this league? You know what's funny? Why does that happen? You look across the league at a lot of these guys that are getting opportunities to start... 
And a lot of these guys weren't even good in college. No. And now are making NFL starts. Like, you're seeing guys who were good in college, but maybe not NFL good. But they're not getting these opportunities. It's the Tommy DeVitos of the world. Yes. It's the Aiden O'Connell. Benched. Aiden O'Connell was all right uh, in college. But, like, it's these guys who are just not all that special at it, the college level. And they are be. now the backups. It used to be. And I feel real old that I can make a used-to-be statement about the NFL. But the backups, like, all either had been to an NFC title game and then had to, you know, got hurt or, like, 45 and they're backing somebody up or something like that. The, the guy, you know the butt of the joke back in the 2000s, backing up Peyton Manning, Jim Sorgi? Oh, yeah. For years, Sorgi's just carrying a yeah. clipboard. Best job in the NFL. He was in Wisconsin. The, of course he was. Yeah. The bullpen catcher, right? Best job in Major League Baseball. Yeah. There's no pressure on you. You got a nice little salary allocated to his squat. And catch a baseball. Like, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Jim Sorge never had to play. No. Because Peyton Manning played. Yes. And he was the only guy. Like, it felt like he was the only backup like that. And now it's... I Everyone's mean, every, playing. My God. That's one of the reasons why I said earlier in the show that the league is so mediocre right now. A lot of the reason is is because you've got backups playing significant roles. Yes. I want to say two weeks ago, there were 12 backups that were starting in the NFL. At that, or or backups to backups. I think Joe Flacco is the fourth guy that has been under center for the Browns, and that's what's amazing about the Browns is that they'll go through four quarterbacks and make yeah. the playoffs. Like that's, yeah, yeah. that's bananas. Is what right, it is. we just we just hijacked Aki's A-list. all good, all good. I, I do have a little bit of breaking baseball news. Oh, okay. Lucas Giolito, old friend, has oh. signed with the other Sox, the Boston Red Sox, for two years. $38.5 million, including an opt-out after year one, according to Jeff Passan. Good for him. Good for Lucas. Good I guy. hope that works. Yeah, one of one of the best. That's really awesome. enjoy Lucas. Good to hear. Hope he bounces back. To we the- always enjoyed our conversations with him on the show. Yeah, great guy. Over the course of time. A good baseball thinker and can get outside. You know, he would have been a good part of this conversation talking about movies and stuff. He's that kind of guy. Well, he's, too, really well, he's, isn't shows. his grandfather? Yeah, yeah, former- yeah, he comes from a Hollywood family and yeah. everything like that. I hope Lucas bounces back to where he needs to be. I hope that velocity can kick up a little bit. What was it again, Tyler? It was two years and 30? 38 and a half. 38 and a half? That's- good for that. So he gets good, more good than... Good for him. That's like twelve million more than Kenta Maeda money, and that yeah, that feels right with an opt out after next year. I hope that goes well for him. Did not have a very good year last year. No, no, he didn't. No, things got worse when he got to the Angels, and then worse after that when he got picked up by. And the still thirty eight and a half million for two years takes the ball right every I mean, fifth day. He's around the strike zone uh, a good amount. I, I, I would imagine that Lucas. Looks to Craig Breslow, who is now the, I forget what title, he's the Grand Poobah of baseball decisions for the Red Sox, right? I can't remember exactly what title he gave him. Uh, But he leaves the Cubs organization as the director of pitching there. And I I would think Lucas, um, like a number of pitchers that have kind of hit free agency at this point, appeals to a guy like Breslow as someone that we can work with. We can work with. Right? Try to fix him, so to speak. And even if he's not back to pumping 95 or 96, right? Maybe if we can't get that velocity back to him, which would be kind of a long shot. Um, But I think a lot of people kind of unfairly look at Lucas as a guy who is only effective at this point in his career. If he can get back to 94, 95, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that command and control of the breaking stuff, more so than anything else, is really important for his next step career-wise. 
that's what Breslow seems to be really focused Maybe on. Maybe he can become a crafty at. righty. I, you know, we're seeing some of them now. Yeah. We really are. We're, we're seeing some of so them. I, I think it's. I, I, I think it's. It's unfair to just have that title as a lefty, a it's crafty just, lefty. It's easier to be yeah. a crafty lefty and exist in the league, right? You can even be a crappy lefty and be in the league. Uh, just be left-handed, Not just baby. a crafty lefty. Just you can be a crappy lefty. Are you left-handed? Yes. Can you hit 84? Yes. All right, here's your major league Here's contract. $15 million. <laughs> right? Per here's year. signing bonus. Come on through. What else you have? All right, so you brought up Joe Flacco uh, a couple of minutes ago, and he now has put together four straight 300-yard games after... <laughs> Last night's masterpiece. Uh, and also, this is the measuring stick for anything. It's just a fact. And Our also, quarterback has one 300-yard game in his career. Has so put funny. together three three-touchdown games as well in his brief stint in the NFL. I don't know if you've seen this, but the comeback player of the year odds, Joe Flacco, is now plus 150. Yes. He trails only, well, you got to hear the other option here. Demar Hamlin. Uh, okay, but, shoot. Let, let's, Listen, Demar let's, Hamlin is going to get the emotional vote. But if we're being honest and we're we're identifying the actual, like, look, I, and this sounds horrible. I get it, and I don't mean it in that manner. For him to have the courage to come back and play, yes, I get on. How about we split it? How about no, we split I have it? no problem with that. How about we split it? You know what You know my hot take is on the Comeback Player of the Year award? I was in a couple of clubhouses. Liam Hendricks won the Comeback Player of the Year right. award, right? He come, and he only pitched, what, five five games. Um, and I, I remember being in a clubhouse, and I remember overhearing the conversation as some players were voting for it. And, the com- and it wasn't the White Sox clubhouse. It was, well, who other than Liam? You know, like, the, who, who else would get this, Right. Because of because of what that meant and yeah. what that was and what that comeback was, yeah. and I think also because of Liam's you know reputation around baseball, reputation right. around the league. I, I think in football it's probably a little bit different, but I really do like that the comeback player of the year award has very little criteria attached to it in most, if not you every can make major a case league. for you know, and, and I get why Hamlin would be the favorite. I like I said though. I'd be a huge proponent of them chairing the award. Yes. How about this? What if they name the award after Hamlin? Because I think that's probably what should oh. happen. You know what? That's a great idea. I like name that. the award. Name the, the award after Hamlin and give it to Flacco. The Demar Hamlin Comeback Player of the Year award. I dig it. I think that'd be that really, a really cool. cool idea. I think that'd be really cool. But anyway. Another thing, like, Joe Flacco has been maybe the best story in the NFL. And yes. this is a story that two months ago we could have never seen coming. But it's maybe the best story. And Mellor's, Mellor was talking about this earlier when he was with Chief. Like, I'm rooting for the Browns at yeah. this point because I love the Joe Flacco story so much. Now, some of these interceptions will probably come back to bite him in the ass in the playoffs at some point, And it'll ultimately lead to the Browns probably getting knocked out along the way. But it's fun. I'm riding riding the heater right now. Ride yeah. the roller coaster. Have you seen the photo of Flacco? I think he's he's on he's on a flight. He's he's deplaning from a flight to go to his first Browns game, right? It's the flight he took to go like join the Cleveland Browns. And there's like eight people in the middle of the oh, aisle yeah, standing up. Yeah. And he's just some dude in the yeah. back. Yeah. And he looks like he's been through a horrible flight and he's just waxed. Like just like a 
a normal 38-year-old dad of five yeah. standing up in the middle of this plane. Which he is. And a 38-year-old. Yeah. yeah. And then he goes wins four games and does this whole thing. Like, there he it's is great just story. like the rest of us. Like, I've taken that flight. I've been that dude. It's just so cool to be able to, like, because what pro athletes do you really, I mean, you're different. You did it. But, like. For most of us, what pro athletes can you truly connect with? So it's a great point. Joe you know. Flacco is really easy to connect with. And I'll argue, like I said to you guys earlier, I, I think the, the the best throw I've seen all wow. year, and there's some good ones, yeah. was the throw he made to Amari Cooper, unfortunately, that was run in for a touchdown against our Bears a couple of weeks ago. Dying piece. If you see that that, you know, the entire wide view of, A, throwing the ball – on the front side of the linebacker before Cooper had crossed the linebacker in front of a safety and before Tyreek Stevenson closing from the other side. It's just the epitome of a big league throw. Well, that was his thing with the Ravens when he was really cooking, right? It was the deep ball that he was able to throw. Yeah. That was kind of the big plus for Big arm, quick release. Am I I wrong in remembering that? I could look it up, but uh, typing and everything like that. didn't his Ravens teams not have why it was like Torrey Smith and that was it in terms of wide receiving options, right? Ray, Pretty much Ray Rice. Well, think about this too. Like this but is not this that is he an took the ball out of the no I mean, I, the receiving game all that much. No, but you're right. The Ravens have never had like this over the top receiving core. This is just an ancillary port uh, a point. When Lamar Jackson won the MVP of the league, he yeah. was second year in the league. Yeah. He threw 36 touchdown passes that year, as, as well as, I think, ran for over 1,000 yards. 36 touchdown passes. His leading receiver that year was tight end Mark Andrews, who had 850 receiving yards. Think about that. 36 touchdown passes wow. in a season where his leading receiver was his tight end who didn't have 1,000 yards. Pretty crazy, isn't it? What does that tell you about that? Uh, it, tells, it tells you that like he used everybody. Spread it around to a number of guys. I dig that. I really do. Which was really, you know, unbelievable. That season so, was an unbelievable season for him. I love that for Aki's list, by the way. That's cool. What else we do you have, Tyler? All right. We got some good Bulls news yesterday, even though they lost yesterday to the Indiana Pacers. We got the news that Lonzo Ball is taking the next step in his rehab process, including this from Billy Donovan. And he says that the pain he was experiencing that was causing the setback has been eliminated and he will start running next month. That is good. But by the time he starts playing, it probably will be about three years removed from actually playing in an in a NBA basketball wow. game. I just think, don't think you can count on him because of the issue. I mean, really, no, I, I wish him the best. I hope for the best because I made the argument back in, you know, years ago. He wasn't their best player, but I could argue that because of how they were trying to play, he was their most valuable player. Well, what he brought to them, he brought pace. He yeah. brought a guy that was shooting 40% from the three. He brought a great defensive you know, resume to the equation. Like He was, he, he was really important to what they were doing. I, I don't profess myself to be a hoops head all that much, but you know, prior to this good run that the Bulls have been on here over the last, what, what would you call it, four weeks, five weeks, something like that. And I don't think it's been even that long. Close that long. To that. I, They've been unwatchable prior to that. In these years of struggle, you, 
you could just see, especially offensively, just exactly where Lonzo Ball's game was supposed to fit and yeah. wasn't there. Right. You know, I mean, like, you know, it would be great for this Bulls offense. Oh, I don't know, Lonzo Ball feeling yeah. healthy? Like, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, that would be great. And you can kind of just see where that works and how it goes. It kind of reminds me of Brandon Roy a little bit, right? And the knee, like, the, didn't he have a degenerative yeah. knee yeah. issue? That Ultimately had to retire, yeah. Yeah, he was, I mean, he just, he tried and tried and tried. And, I, you know, I don't know what plethora of surgeries he went through i'm sure he did or procedures or what have i you, hope I, I hope alonzo is able to oh, come man, back me too but i you know you I, you can't go into next year with that kind of thinking that that's guaranteed no that no. can't be part of your plan you got to prepare for being you know being without him again tyler all right this weekend is new year's eve sunday new year's eve I ask you, is New Year's Eve the most overrated holiday? Yes. No question. Like it's we, don't, I, we don't do anything. It's amateur bowl. hour. New you, Year's Eve has gotten to the point where it's more of a chore to get everything together. Of course it is. Than the, like, you're literally celebrating a calendar yeah, turning. That's right. It, the changing of a day. That's absolutely There was a time when it yes. was fun yes that for me that time is and long you would, gone you would pay x amount of dollars and you would get a wristband Ooh, that entitled yeah. you to anything at the bar yeah. and then you would wait outside five or six hours to yes. get a car to bring yeah. you home yeah. because it was very cold Headache, and everyone had the same for free ID. the next day that's for free yeah. that's on us yeah. don't worry about and that sold separately oh man yeah no of course it's overrated i don't know if you said if you set the over under at good new year's had since turning 18 oh uh, Two and a half. And oh, I'd, no, I'd no, I'd go under. over. Two and a like, half, yeah. and I'd take the under, to be honest. I'd go over. I had a New Year's Eve in L.A. after the Badgers lost in a Rose Bowl, and it was, you know, they lost to TCU, but it was my first time out at the Rose Bowl, and doing that was great, fantastic. What wonderful. can you do in Pasadena? Oh, we weren't in Pasadena, my friend. No? <laughs> oh, no, not for New Year's Eve. For the ball game, yes, of course, oh, okay. obviously. Where were you in L.A.? Couldn't tell you. Why? <laughs> not loud, or you don't remember? <laughs> Second one. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, why can't you tell me? Like, I, mean, I, I couldn't. Honestly, I could call all six of us, and I don't think any of us would have much memory. You didn't know what city you were location. in? No, that's the only thing we did know. We were in L.A. Okay. We were you have LA no proper. idea where you went. Do you roofie yourself <laughs> just for fun? <laughs> yes. It was a hangover situation. That's what it was. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, it's good. It was a good time. Is that it, Tyler? That's you all got we got else? today. You got yeah. anything else on uh, your list? That's all we, we got get today. To today. list is what it is. I have told you, you in the pre-show fist fight yeah. that I had a, an honest-to-God serious football question for you. Oh, Jesus, no, really? And it, and it will have nothing to do, if it will have anything to do with the quarterback, it's because you'll bring it up. It has very little to do with the quarterback. Okay. I have some areas of concerns that, that I have about the Bears, and I want these questions answered. By an honest-to-God, bona fide football player. We want, you want me to quell your worry? I want to be quelled. Okay. I want to be Steve Quelled is what I want. That's next, ESPN 1000. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at twaddle 87 This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Sylvie's out. I'm Connor. He's, well, Tom Waddle. Last I checked. So I had some, some days questions. I don't want to be. Can't imagine those days. 
Well, yeah, you can. New Year's Day, baby. Yeah, pretty much. That's uh, bad day. No, New Year's Day is going to be great yeah, because no, New, New Year's, Year's Day is Monday and it's the college football playoff. I'll have some drinks on Sunday night, but I won't be. LSU kicks at 11, baby. Yeah, I'll be no up for better that. Way to start, uh, several yeah. better ways to start your day. Don't Jane Daniels fine. isn't playing. Is he for um, LSU? I'm unclear. I don't. Is no, he, he is Tyler, not. Is he, no. no, he's not playing. Okay, he's not playing. He could rise up draft. Uh, boys, listen, w- Wisconsin could play without a quarterback. It wouldn't matter. Uh, they have for decades. Exactly. Fact, that's my point. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time since John Stocko. Yes. Listen, I have some questions for you. Let me okay. pull out the notepad. I, created, I did some more. Did you really show. write them down? I did. I'm ashamed of you. Well, I have, uh, I have memory issues now. I can't remember things. So I ask you this. Get your questions out. I'm going to answer them, and then I'm going to have some White Sox oh, questions for you. Oh, you want all you. the questions in a row? We can't no, no, go no, one no, at a no, time? No, no, right. no, no. So I, usually when you add a number one wide receiver to an offense – you see some sort of trickle-down effect to the rest of the wide receivers. Yes. Right? This is the conversation I know what you're going to ask. What happened to Darnell Mooney? No, no, no. Okay. It's really it's a valid more, question. Do but. you see, and it, it, I guess it's going to be part of the question. But what is it about this Bears offense, as you see it, where DJ Moore, as much, I mean, shoot, we spent 15 minutes talking about how you and I both love DJ. Oh, he's great. He's probably, what, 50 yards away from a career high in terms of yards in a season, I believe. Look it up. I wouldn't be surprised at all. That is a fact. Um, He's very close to setting a career high in receiving yards in a season. Why is it that we haven't seen the number one wide receiver effect Though he has very much been a number one wide receiver on and the I offense, have no problems with him whatsoever. So you're asking why hasn't the offense shown more explosiveness? I would say with him in the huddle, it's more a question of like you talked about with Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense yeah. with uh, Mark Andrews. Right. Being, why haven't the why hasn't the ball been spread around more? Why why is it? That they haven't been able to scheme opportunities. The one thing that I will with tell you, DJ Moore, it's on a, one flank. It's a really good question. Like the the season that Darnell Mooney has had has been very uninspiring. I'm a Darnell Mooney. Have been a Darnell Mooney fan. I'm I am a a realist as well. I've never believed he was a one. Sure, I've said you know he's he's a two in most you know a two in an offense that isn't. Littered with receivers and possibly a three in someone else's offense. His size doesn't allow him to be a one. Perfectly like blocker, can't though, do... on some wide receiver screens. So <laughs> not, not, not his strength, but most receivers don't really want to do that. Um, but I think he's got good speed, good top-end speed. I think he runs good routes. I think he he has some shake to him. And I do believe he is... Slightly above average hand catcher, which is, you know, important to have as a wide receiver. The one thing that I have noticed week in and week catcher, sure. (laughs) That's true. Some guys don't use their hands. Oh, I see what you mean. Some guys, you know, body body catch when you, you know, there's time and a place to be a body catcher, but to reach out and catch the ball. Like, if DJ Moore reaches out and catches the ball with his hands, you're very rarely going to be able to knock the ball away or, you know, get him separated from the football because he's so strong. There is like zero. There, 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 there is no rhythm between Justin and Darnell Mooney, and it's really odd because they're friends. They worked together off season, during the season, everything. And there there's, has been in the past. There's no too. continuity. There wasn't a ton last year, 
But there were moments when they did find a way to connect. You put it on film, and for whatever reason, it's like the the Cleveland game. I can give you any number of I, I can go through you know different games and just and it's it's a head scratcher. Like why aren't these guys on the same page? Why aren't, isn't there more rhythm and more continuity between these two? And it just hasn't been there. Now, I don't think Darnell's had a good year this year, obviously. Um, I think he'll go somewhere next year and have a better season mm-hmm. with whoever it is. He's going to be a free agent. I don't think he's done himself any favors with regard to what teams are going to offer him. And I think that's been very frustrating to him. I know he's a really hard worker. I know he's a good teammate. I know he's a really good guy. He checks all those boxes. It hasn't been a good year for him. He and his quarterback haven't been on the same page. And it's it's one of the things to me that's most notable when I'm watching film. And it's it's just it's crazy. So it's there. There is a lack of accuracy at times. There's a lack of being in where you need to be. Now there have been moments too when Darnell hasn't caught the football when he needs to catch the football. You go back to last year's Washington game at the end of the, the end of the game, and he there's a play that oh, Justin God. makes a play, makes a really good throw, and Darnell doesn't come down with the ball. There have been moments when he hasn't caught the football, but it's just honestly, it's one of the things that is most kind of puzzling to me when I watch film why these two guys aren't on the same page more. It's it's bigger to me, or at least it's, it seems that way at times. Are you saying it's kind of like like if DJ Moore is the first domino that falls and knocks over the rest of, like, here's let's make this easier for the rest of our wide receivers because I'm DJ Moore and I'm going to take all this attention, that that the guy kind of holding up the progress of the rest is your number two wide receiver and Moon? Like, I, don't think, I don't think the offense is... Less efficient or less explosive because Darnell Mooney isn't doing okay. something. Okay. Um, Cole yeah, Komet has had a really good year. Had a really nice year. Um, it doesn't feel like the ball is spread around a lot for whatever reason. And again, this is this is the conundrum here because while everyone thinks they know everything about everything, I'm the first one to sit here and tell you I'm I don't know exactly what the intent is on every play. So I can watch film and I can walk you through some stuff and I'm just giving you, I hope it's an educated guess because as I said to you earlier, I'm not an electrician. I can't wire your home, but I can give you a pretty good feel for what a receiver and a quarterback are supposed to be doing at certain times when a play is developing. I don't know what's being taught at all times and I don't know what the quarterback's responsibility is. Like I can give you a really strong lean towards what it is, but I don't know with a hundred degree or a hundred percent certainty the way that everyone else on Twitter will tell you that they know exactly what's going on. I won't make that, that, you know, that statement, but it just, it, it, I don't know what's going on at times. And that's, what's most puzzling for me is I don't know what the intent is. I don't know what you're, you know, what's being asked. So so the idea there being a better, I'm putting words in your mouth, but a better offense is a little bit easier to figure out. From your standpoint, you know what I mean? Because if you if you had a better idea of what needed to be done here or like how guys or clearly he's being taught to do this on this play because it worked out. It like it just it's it's I called it shared culpability where there have been so many mistakes by so many different people. Like everyone wants to retreat to this corner and blame it all on the offensive coordinator. Everyone wants to retreat to this corner and blame it all on the quarterback. Everyone will go over here and say it's all, all Darnell Mooney. Everyone over here will tell you it's all the offensive line. I'm here to tell you that my opinion 
is is that it has been a shared responsibility that hasn't been met by everybody. They take turns not being where they need to be. Like, I hear everyone say, of course you'll be a better team if Marvin Harrison Jr. is on your team. But I don't care what the name on the back of the jersey says. It could say Harrison Jr. on it, or it could say Pettis on the back of it. Open is open in the National Football League. And when somebody is open, the ball needs to be thrown to him. Right? And those are, it's not the, the, the stat line is one thing. In a lot of instances, to me, it's more the things that aren't happening, the reads that aren't made, the throws that aren't made, that are more alarming to me on the negative side of the ledger when you're making this decision. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they do. They really do. I mean, this is where the nuance comes into play. Where you can sit here and recite to me a player's stats and how he can play compares to another. And I'll tell you that that's all well and good. But I can give you 30 minutes of football over here. Right. Where I don't know why this was done. The plays, the plays that don't get made are sometimes difficult for those of us who don't have the background in football that you do to kind of discern. But they're, they are easy to feel, right? Yes. Because what we're talking about here are offenses that cruise through the first two quarters of a game or at the very least have a semblance of, yeah, okay, we're moving the ball. This is points are scored. And then I like to call it the, what the hell happened there? Yeah, you you just you run into a series usually like three plays and out, and you're going, what? Where did that come from? And, and that's where the excuse making then begins. Everyone will say over here that's a horrible call. Now, yes, I, I as I said to you upstairs, I I will never confuse Luke Getze with Kyle Shanahan, and I think Kyle Shanahan's the best that does his job calling plays and game planning in the league, and I've seen in a really long time. But I don't think he's this, the football devil. So there are plays where I go, I don't know what your intent was. And there's plays where I look at it and go, I really wouldn't have done that. Again, I'm guessing at certain things. Sure. But then in the next series, your right tackle will miss a block. Or your center will get blown back into your quarterback. Or your quarterback, (laughs) that's a good point. Or your quarterback will walk into a sack. Or he'll miss an open read. Or a guy will drop a pass. And at the end of the day... It's not good enough across the board. And I think that that's a very vague answer to your question. It's, but it's, that's the reality. If there was a, a, if there was a, a surefire elixir to the problem, I'd be willing to share it with you. So Everyone thinks it's just replaced the offensive coordinator. And I don't believe, as much as I do believe he should be held accountable for the things that he isn't doing yep. well at times. I don't think that solves the whole problem. And I know I'm probably in the minority with that because everyone wants to hang everything on him. But if you watch games closely, there are things that you'll see that don't make sense to you. So what's interesting here to me is that, and I I wouldn't take points away from you for having a vague answer here. I, I think what matters here is the vagueness because yes. if you're staring at this draft, looking, what are they at? The one in the first pick one and the ninth seven, pick, one's in one and eight, maybe. One and eight, I don't know. Whatever first, it is, perfect in the eighth pick. Then, then what this, what we're talking about here, is specifically a Bears offense that needs a lot more than Justin Fields getting better or Caleb Williams coming in in the first year of his rookie season or trading down from one. You know what I mean, like. 
there's so much more that this offense needs to achieve in 2020. Are we coming up to 2024? Yeah, 2024, 2024, just a, a few hours away. There are there are so many more things it needs than just that signal caller or just that offensive coordinator. There's a list that's got to get achieved by Ryan Poles in this coming draft if, especially if, a majority of the coaching staff is set to return. That's and why. I, I, well, I don't know if that's that, the case, but that's why I say to you... Well, that no, when, I, just mean, I just mean that if this coaching staff, if the majority of this coaching staff is set to return, then it must produce next season, regardless of who's under center. Right. And therefore, there's got to be a well, lot of Well, it depends if you, like, if this, if this coaching staff remains and you pivot and go in a different direction with the quarterback, that quarterback's in no da- danger for being replaced. That quarterback wouldn't. Correct. Be. Yeah. It's, this is such a complicated it, in some ways it is, in some ways it isn't. You make it more compu- complicated up at Hallis Hall yeah. if you choose to keep certain pieces and move away from others. And, and this is where Adam Johns for, for The Athletic writes about this a lot and, and has over the last couple of years, right? The Bears, at least in our, Johns is about my age, in my lifetime. I've never been on schedule. No. Everybody. Ever. Yes. Ever. There's never been that clean, entire new regime where you can go, here it is. It's what? all new. We're off on this. Quickly, let's walk through this. If you keep the head coach and change the coordinator, Justin, and you keep the quarterback, Justin's on his fourth coordinator in five years. Don't Going love back that. to That's Ohio State. That's what we yelled and screamed State, about I with got, Jay Cutler the yes. entire time. I got one, one offensive coordinator at Ohio State comes right. here. In year one, he's got Matt Nagy. That's right. In year two, he's got Luke Getze. In year three, he's got Luke Getze. So I go Ryan Day, Matt Nagy, Luke Getze, Luke Getze, somebody else. Right. That's four coordinators in five seasons. That's tough regardless why, of your why, skill why, set. Why, who's taking that job if you're an offensive coordinator to come in in a scenario where you have zero job security. Everyone says, well, look at the Ravens. Todd Monken came in. Well, yeah, because John Harbaugh ain't going anywhere. Well, and it wasn't his first rodeo either. No, I mean, like that job. So you want to compare replacing Luke Getze in this Bears offense with Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields with coming into the Ravens offense with John Harbaugh, Eric DaCosta, your general manager, yeah, accomplished, MVP. and Lamar Jackson yeah. as your mm-hmm. quarterback. It's, mm-hmm. it's apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. So you can't use that, from my in my opinion, as a, as, an, as a comparison. So if you, I mean, like, mix and match the different pieces, right? Are you going to keep the coach, change the coordinator, and change the, the quarterback? Well, what makes you believe that, A, you're going to get the right coordinator, or that, B, that the head coach is going to be able to help develop the, the quarterback? And I, I just, there's a lot of complicated avenues if, in fact, everyone comes back, or right. pieces come back. Right. That's why many believe, and it's not a statement that it all sucks, like the, the head coach hasn't done anything positive, the quarterback hasn't done anything positive. That's not the statement. But when you have the first pick of the draft, you have tremendous cap space, and you have conviction that maybe you can improve by changing the coach or changing the quarterback, then you got to do it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you don't make the comfortable decision. Make the uncomfortable decision like Jed Hoyer did, getting moving on from David Ross to Craig Council. And, and while it's uncomfortable, it is the cleanest. And that cleanest cut is the easiest thing. It's the, it's the most simple thing to move on from. It's not easy to do. 
But yeah. at least you understand the scope of what you've got to be able to balance here. Yes. And you don't have to balance new pieces on old pieces and make the square peg fit in the round hole. I can you know, just say thing. this to you from my perspective, and it's my opinion. And everybody is welcome to their opinion. I'm not going to fire on you if your opinion is different than mine. That it ain't good enough across the board, in my humble opinion, from a number of perspectives. It's not good enough. It's not consistently good enough. There's flashes here. The overall performance, whether it's the offensive coordinator, the head coach, the quarterback, the offensive line, whatever it is, from an offensive perspective, in in my perception, none of it's good enough. And to set the bar at a, a, a less than, you know, High level, I think, is is you just. I don't know why we're lowering the bar especially, on any front, especially in this division at this point, right? Yeah, or I, in this town, it makes very well. Why, why are we? Why are we just saying? Well, we, it will get. How do you know it'll get better? I don't know that it's going to get any better on any front. The the one it's thing, just not consistently good enough from a number of of angles from my perspective. In, in my lifetime, the one thing I the one thing I've not seen them do. Start all over. It's it's not been done. We'll it's see. Not been done. We'll see if they have an appetite for that, or it's the decision of the president and the general manager that that's the route they want to take. Could I think be. it's going to be very interesting to see how things, you know, unfold over the next two or three weeks. The last couple of minutes of the show coming up. We got a whole bunch of phone calls, so perhaps we ride out the no, final. We'll just we'll just debate all of them and we'll phone calls. Run. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. That's next. ESPN One Thousand. Football and horse racing and burgers and beer and so much more. Have a winning weekend at the newly remodeled Club Hawthorne Betting Bars featuring cash betting. Is horse racing the same as horses racing? It is not the same. They're slightly different, and you want to pay attention to both of them. But here we're talking about horse racing, not horses racing. Either way, points bet sportsbooks. Find a location near you at HawthorneBettingBars.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER to get help. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. I thought we were going to stay away from the serious football conversations, no. but it's okay to venture in. No, no, no. We got to venture in every now and again. By the way, crosstalk. That's what this is. That's you what and this I are is? talking from talking across. across each other. Brought to you by Steinhoffels. We don't get a chance to hang much, you and This I. has been fun. Uh, it has been, and I appreciate you having I me. I didn't mean to be vague with you either about your question that you asked. I don't know. It's a really detailed kind of conversation. Honestly, man, I think I, I really do believe what I told you. I, I think because the answer is vague... It means there are a lot of things that need addressing. Yes. So the cleanest cut may well be the simplest course of action for the Bears. I. It's definitely a strong possibility and one that I would personally consider as well as an option. It, it doesn't make it easy, you know, because then you not. have to. You and you're not saying that everyone's been horrible. 
No. What you're saying is, is what we have done here what? in certain positions in certain situations hasn't been good enough. What you're saying is this is the NFL. Yes. This is the NFL. Yes. And if you're going to win in this business, there are some pretty clear things that you need. And, and we ain't got them. And by the way, you have the first pick right now, depending on what happens this weekend. You have the first pick in the draft for the second consecutive year. I have no problem with what they did last year. Sure. But this year, you got an important decision to make. You don't often have this access to these types of resources. So this is a, 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 a decision on a number of fronts with a number of people of great magnitude. Normally, this chair says goodbye, but it's your last show here on Waddle and Sylvie of the year. So I'll let oh, you wrap things well, up, my friend. Well, I thank you for sitting in for Sylvie. This has been fun. Pleasure. I knew this was going to be a good time. And yeah. we thank everybody out there that listens on a regular basis. It's been a really cool and fun 2023. And I won't make the promise that 2024 will be even better, but we'll we'll work towards that. How about that? Sounds good to me. We thank you to uh, say thank you to Tom Thayer for joining us, as well as Doug Kazarian. Thank you to Kendra. Thank you to Tyler as well. Again, Connor, thanks for sitting in. Hope we get to do this again sometime soon. Everybody, I won't talk to you until the turn of the new year. Happy New Year, and thanks for all that you've done for us in calendar 2023. Have a great night, everyone.